Hey everybody, producer Ryan here. Just wanted to give you a heads up. On January 7th, 2014, we're having our Put Your Hands Together one-year anniversary show. It's going to be an extra-long show. We're putting together a really, really stellar lineup, and we are going to be live-streaming the whole show on Laughster.com. Any money that we raise from the live stream is going to go straight to the L.A. Gay and Lesbian Center's Youth Center on Highland. It's a shelter for homeless youth and a really good cause. So save the date, January 7th, 8 p.m. Pacific, 11 p.m. East Coast. Uh, if you don't follow us on Facebook and Twitter already, do so because we're going to have some more details, including the lineup uh, coming real soon. Enjoy the show. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. What's up, everybody? Thanks for coming out to the UCB. Please shut off your cell phones and please put your hands together for your host, Cameron Esposito. What's up, UCB? How are you doing? Give it up for yourselves. Nice job. You made it. It's a Tuesday. I'm proud of you. You did good. Uh, I'm your host, Cameron Esposito. Let's put your hands together. You can give it up for me. You don't have to feel weird. Like you have to sit there not clapping. That would be silly. Uh, I'm so happy to be here. Last week, I had to miss like my first... Well, because I'm also part of like a... Well, there's a production team here going on. There's a team. There's uh, Ryan in the booth who makes all the sound happen. He puts our show out as a podcast. Let's hear for Ryan. <laughs> And then there's also uh, Rhea Butcher, who is a, also a producer on the show, sometimes co-hosts with me, sometimes hosts in my stead when I'm out of town. Rhea Butcher, ladies and gentlemen, very funny comic. But last week, both Rhea and I were out of town, so we had Dan Telfer in hosting uh, another hilarious comic in front of ours, but I feel pretty fucked up that we let a dude do that. You know what I mean? <sighs> <sighs> you know, I just feel like, like the energy feels different in here to me. Feels like Slim Jimmy or whatever guys like. What do guys like? One time I was having, one time Rhea and I were having, uh, we lived together. And one time we were having uh, one of our male friends over, like a close friend, like a close friend. And right before he came over, I decided to go to the store like at the last minute because I was like, we don't have anything for him. We don't have anything he'll like. Like I don't know what men like. So I went to the store. I liter literally, I bought beef jerky. <laughs> Two huge, like, oversized bags of beef jerky, uh, M&M's, and, like, soda, and, like, three different kinds of chips. He showed up with his own banana. And I know I'm not talking about his penis. I mean, he ate, some, he ate a banana. He was like, I'm getting older, I gotta watch my weight. Um, and then he sat in one of our chairs, and that chair was too small for him. Because I, that's how infrequently we have men over. Our furniture doesn't fit them. <laughs> Whoopsie-daisy. So anyway, he was comfy. But yeah, men, I guess, me, I guess men eat, uh, you know, normal foods is what I learned that day. Speaking of normal foods, it was Thanksgiving. Do you guys, who had a, did anyone have a good one? That's a kind of a pessimistic way to start. That did anyone have a good one? Did anyone have a good one? Did anyone? Nope. That's what I fucking thought. It's the worst. Mine was all right. My parents forgot to buy food. I'm not kidding. It was kind of a weird trip home. They forgot to buy food for Thanksgiving because they were so excited we were coming, they just forgot to get any food. They bought a turkey, but we're both vegetarians. So that was less successful than I think they wanted it to be. Um, did anyone go home and see their folks? Did anyone see their couple people? 
Where are you from? You're from the Bay Area, so you just drive up or take a teeny plane ride. Oh, that's the best. That's like the that that is a swell plane ride. Did it make you feel good? Because you walk on it. Did you fly to Burbank? Yeah. yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> There's no lines there. There's you can't even pretend to have there be a line there, and then you get to walk directly onto a plane like old time with a with a um, what's that called? A ramp. Right onto a plane. Forty five minutes and you're down. That's terrific. How was it? Was it okay? Yeah? Any... Did they have food? Yeah, there was food. That's cool. Sounds like a great Thanksgiving. Where'd you go? How, how, where your, where's your family? Michigan. Michigan? Yeah, cold, huh? Because yeah. I was in Chicago. And when I moved to Los Angeles a year ago, I threw out all my coats. Because that's just where I was in my life at that point. Like, I'd been working up to moving for a while, and then I was like, finally, I'm going to do it. I'm going to move to Los Angeles. See you later, coats. I'll never need you again. And then it is cold here sometimes. Also, I forgot about travel. I forgot my entire family lives in Chicago, which is where I lived every day of my life until one year ago. And then I was like, forget it. Sandals forever. That's what you think L.A. is when you don't live here. You're just like, oh, I'm at the beach with no coat on. I'm in a bikini. I'm wearing a bikini made of sandals. Uh, My plane got super um, turbulent on the ride back, and I was seated next to a guy who was was playing um, Angry Birds the whole time aggressively. Talk about an angry bird. I can't believe I just said that. (laughs) But we were in the sky and he seemed pissed. He was like pulling the pigs. Are there pigs in that game? I've never played. He was pulling them and then slamming the machine um, for a while. (laughs) Pretty aggressively. And then like just like a real tough guy like Beats by Dre. You know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Beats by Dre headphones plugged into a machine. He's beating the shit out of the machine. And then the plane like bumped for a little bit, and he um, dropped his little whatever it would be called tablet. Lop, dropped his little tablet like in his own lap, and then grabbed onto the seats. It's just nice to sometimes see like, oh, you're not so tough. <laughs> I Me, mean, I didn't even put my tray up. <laughs> Grown Ups Two was on, and I watched it. I'm sorry. It wasn't that bad. I can't explain to you how that's true, but it, but it wasn't. There was one part I laughed out loud. I don't know. It was Selma Hayek. She had a great line. She's terrific. What a handsome woman, you know? It was nice to see her. I had a weird... Uh, I also... I worked at a uh, club. Um, I worked at a club with a headliner who is different a little bit than like this vibe in here. Like, you wouldn't have been there um, with your pants or Chuck Taylors on. I worked with a headliner who was wearing a mesh polo shirt (laughs) during his set. Does that tell you anything about what I'm talking about? (laughs) And I only say this because, like, he had an hour of um, mesh polo shirt type jokes. And I did 25 minutes of my jokes before then. I guess, like, maybe I didn't realize how 
So before that, I've been touring with um, I've been touring with this guy Anthony Jeselnik. Who, if you don't know who that is, he's like pretty known for having he tells ba- ba- babies die in his jokes um, and in his closets. No, don't. There, he, he's not killing babies. It's just a joke thing. Um, but he's a baby murderer for real. And I kept his secret. No, it's not his job. It's a hobby. It's just for fun. It's just for fun. No, uh, he doesn't kill babies. Yet, you know? But I don't know. I get pregnant, maybe he'd kill my baby. That was a weird thing to say. (laughs) How would I get pregnant? I wouldn't. There's no way. There's no possible way. Something terrible would have happened. See, I told you, I've been touring with Anthony Jesselman. I think I just told a rape joke about myself. I just told a joke in which I have been raped and Anthony Jeselnik has to perform an abortion upon me. And so this is what I'm saying. I think I got a little bit of a hard edge after that because also like when people were expecting him then I'd have to come out and I'm tiny and wearing a jean jacket. I'd have to almost be like 10 times more aggressive than I usually am. Just like, oh, please! Oh, please! You've never seen a lesbian! Just like, just with like a... Like a bit. Do you know what I mean? Not like a joke bit. I mean wearing a bit. Like just restraining my own self with metal in my mouth. You know, just a real aggressive look. So I was trying to open at this club in the Midwest and I could not stop. Like all of my... You know, because when you're a comic, like you kind of... Your most recent like big set that you put together, like that, that sticks in your mind. That's like your stuff. And I mean, I guess I have jokes about like riding on the train and ooh there's a like a lady over there and she's weird you know like i have those jokes but my more recent jokes have been like you know what's but buttholes we shouldn't be afraid of them that's the whole reason you won't let me get married because buttholes and dude buttholes and chick buttholes are the same so don't have a problem with gay people that's literally the upshot of a joke i'm telling (laughs) and i was trying to tell my butthole jokes which, by the way, are well-crafted. <laughs> I'm just summarizing for you right now. And uh, I, I realized that like, in one of the shows, it wasn't, it wasn't going super well. And like, the, it was super dark on the stage I couldn't see. And then I, as I was walking back out, I realized there was a group of 30 75-year-olds. <laughs> now listen, 75-year-olds have buttholes. They for sure do. <laughs> But I, like, rocked their minds. I mean, just, like, because I think even the moment when I was, like, because I have, like, cutesier thing where I'm, like, I'm a lesbian, I'm engaged. And then, like, usually people clap. But when I did that, like, 20% of the audience was on board and the rest of people were, like... (sighs) (laughs) So when I got to the, you know, butt stuff, um, it was divisive. (laughs) And by divisive, I mean between me and the audience. (laughs) who all agreed I should shut up. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, my point is, I'm happy to be back here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was fun, and it's my job, but, like, you guys were 80% comfortable with butts. When I just mentioned butts, almost all of you were okay. A couple people were like, I mm, still don't want to hear about butts. That's cool. We'll get into butts later. Uh, and for the rest of the show... Actually, it's just an all-butt show tonight. I have everybody on the show is doing butt sets. <laughs> Out of their butts. 
So, you know what's great? This is there's a lot of dudes on this show, so I can say that it's not even weird. You know what I mean? If it's like a female comic, then it's weird if I'm like, oh, these people are doing butt, you know, because like you know, women are already really objectified. And like, if you mention a woman's butthole, then like everybody's thinking, but you know, like, but if you get, if I mention that there's like a man on the show with buttholes, you guys are not gonna think about that because gross. <laughs> and that's my whole point about why same-sex marriage is a problem that needs to be solved by us stopping thinking men's buttholes are gross. Good night. <laughs> This first gentleman is a hilarious, uh, is hilarious dude, friend of the show. He, uh, he's the creator of a television show called Metalocalypse. You might have heard of it. Great show. Yeah, Oh My God is the uh, correct response. Let's hear right now from Mr. Brendan Small, guys. Give it up for Brendan. <laughs> guys, one more time for Brendan. Come on. He has a new album out with Metalocalypse. It's like a full-length, he did a full-length special that's a, it's a rock opera. It's called The Doomstar Requiem. You should get that because he's hilarious and amazing. Correct? <laughs> hey, you know who else is hilarious and amazing? Um, does anybody here know a comic called Andy Kindler? He's a great dude. He's not here at this show, and I'll tell you why. Because after the show, he is taping an album in this very space. Um, and I can give away a couple tickets if you guys are able to stay for that show. 9.30 show tonight to see Andy Kindler tape his album. He's a comedy legend. Uh, so, let me see. First of all, who doesn't give a fuck about going home after this? All right. Wow. Yeah, turn the lights up to either shame or encourage. Uh... The, okay, I like this row right here because you seem like, are you all pals of each other? Are you a group of pals? Is it three pals? Wow, look at you. You don't know those people, do you? I can tell by your body language, but do you see how when tested to save a stranger, you were like, yeah, and you dove and you, what if I give it just to them? And then I just threw the other one out. No, I'm going to give it to you guys. But I actually, I have two more I can give to those two because, that, because you're a hero and a gentleman. So here you go. Yeah. Yeah, you should stay and check out Andy Kindler's show after this. And uh, yay, let's hear it for those people who were, uh, I like what he did there. Hey, also, you guys have been amazing so far, but I, I know that I'm like, maybe, maybe I'm not bringing the energy into the room. I'm going to be honest with you guys about something. It's so embarrassing. I literally can't believe this is true. I don't feel well right now. And I'm going to tell you why I don't feel well. And you have to support me. You have to support me because it is so embarrassing. It's so embarrassing. It's, it's the worst. I can't believe I'm about to tell you. I am uh, juicing. <laughs> I'm going to fucking kill myself. I don't feel good, I haven't eaten anything, and I feel lightheaded. And you know why? For, because of no reason. Because I'm for no reason. Uh, so, thank you for your laughter, that was appropriate. Um, also, th it should have been even worse. Like, it should have been like a, sh like a derision, just like, oh, please! You know, so if you guys wanna yell that as a group, that'd be great. On three, one, two, three. Oh, please! Yeah, agreed! Get it together, Esposito! Push it through! You can't be too sick to do your own show due to juicing! <laughs> this is not the point of this! You're supposed to juice so you can do the show! Stop ruining your own life! <laughs> I don't think I understand what juicing is, but I have lived in, uh... Oh, do you, does anyone think I mean... Are you confused at all what that is? I'm just drinking juice. I'm just drinking juice. It's not, no, it has nothing to do with steroids or anything else weird. 
Um, it's just mostly juice. Uh, has anybody done this? Why am I doing that? I'll tell you. Uh, thank you so much for your concern. Uh, I, I, uh, I was away from home for like a bunch of months, and I just like I just gained just enough weight. All right, here's this is how my brain is. Not a lot, but like three pounds. Okay. Here's the thing. Now none of my clothes fit. Zero pr- of my clothes fit. But if I lost three pounds, all of my clothes would fit. So I did the cost-benefit analysis of either juicing for five days or buying an entirely new wardrobe, and I decided to juice. (laughs) Which tells you a lot about uh, my poverty level and also my commitment to still wearing the same fucking clothes. (laughs) So thank you for asking. Um, And I think that I have been very honest with you guys. And you are still a little bit like on the fence about whether or not this is a good thing to be doing in my life. I don't think it's a good thing to be doing, but I do live in Hollywood. Um, so that was a part of the joke. Where I said I lived in Hollywood. I don't even live in Hollywood. Okay. It's just not going well tonight. It's not you guys. I haven't eaten anything. I did, one of the juices was an almond juice, so... That was a while ago, and I should have held. I should have saved the protein for later. Uh, as you know, if you're big juicers in here, a lot of juicers. <laughs> anybody here done that juicing? Who's juicing? Is anybody juicing? I can't stop thinking about how funny juicing is. <laughs> Which is when you juice juice. <laughs> okay. Well, I think this is yeah. That picked up steam. Yeah, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go out there. I'm going to kick the energy up with a lot of uh, loose shit about nothing. So, and then you guys were all like, no, we, we agree. This is fair at best. <laughs> Just, I, the almond, I'm telling you. Save it for next time. There won't be a next time. I'm never doing this again. But I have to drink so many juices. I ordered them in advance. <sighs> okay, you guys are great. Um, this next comic, Listen. Don't let my juice diminish your love for this next comic. I would have failed. I would have failed the entire show if that happened. This guy, this is his first time on the show. Let's hear it right now. Very funny comic. Let's hear it for Rye Silverman, guys. Give it up for Rye. Thank you, Cameron. Oh my gosh. Hey, you guys. Before I start talking about things, let me just go ahead and acknowledge that I know what I look like which is adorable. And that's it. There's not a big reveal coming as to why I wear women's clothing. It's not like some 80s comedy where my uncle died and I have to do this for a month to get his inheritance. I'm just transgender. That's all there is to it. That's the explanation. Also, I've been juicing. That helps a little bit, too. So, it's just how it works out. And the thing is, like, I'm not going to make you guys in a seven-minute set understand complicated gender identity issues. But I will say this. I live in Los Angeles. I live in a part of the city called the Valley, where for about three months out of the year, it is regularly over, like, 90 to 100 degrees every day. So if you don't at least understand the appeal of a skirt, I think you're weird. In fact, I don't know how in L.A., I don't know how we're not all wearing sundresses all the time for like three months out of the year, right? What the heck? Dudes, if you don't wear a sundress, you are missing out. It's, it's like being naked, but you don't get arrested. 
I'm going to go this far. If you if you were born male and you don't want to wear a dress, okay, that's your lifestyle, I guess. <laughs> I'll I'll be respectful of it, but you should know that I am confused and bewildered by it. And I don't want you around my kids. Say that I'm transgender, I define myself as gender fluid, but there's a lot of other terms out there that people always get confused by. Like, like I describe my clothing as cross-dressing because that means wearing the clothes of the opposite identified sex. And then there's a transvestite who is somebody who dresses up all the way to pass as the opposite sex. And then a transsexual is somebody who's identified the wrong sex at birth, transitions to the right sex in their life. And then a crawler is a donut that has, like, powdered sugar... <laughs> And like ridges, it's really good. It's like a, it's like a wagon wheel, and you just eat it. It's so it's delicious. <laughs> and I don't know what it is. I, I, there's not like a big. That's it. That's I'm. It's like wearing skirts, and I I'm I'm an adult. I'm allowed to do it, and I have the legs for it, so I just keep doing it. But like, yeah, it's, why not? It's, it's delightful. And I live in L.A. where it's one of the few, like, if you, if you have a penis and you want to wear a dress in the Western world, it's like Los Angeles, San Francisco, and Scotland. Those are your choices. <laughs> and it works out. The thing about L.A. is that everybody in L.A. has stereotypes still, and I get, I get them a lot. Like, apparently, everybody in L.A. knows the exact street corner where you can go to pick up a transgender sex worker. And they love to tell me all about it. <laughs> Everyone like, ah, Santa Monica and La Brea. I'm like, why do you know that? And why are you excited about it? And like, why is that my stereotype? Because you guys know what else at the corner of Santa Monica and La Brea? A Target. <laughs> yeah, I do shop at Target a lot. I got this skirt and this V-neck top at Target. It's a boyfriend tee. It fits great. Thank you. But I'll go to that Target dressed the way I do, and it's kind of like, do you guys ever have the experience of going to Target and accidentally wearing a red shirt? Yeah. It's kind of like that. The questions get a whole lot creepier. And I don't like that's my stereotype because that's not the only incorrect stereotype about trans people. Like, if you see any mainstream movie where, for like hilarious effect, they'll put a guy in a dress, it's always like Mrs. Doubtfire, where he's trying to keep his family together, or Some Like It Hot on the Run from the Mob, or Tootsie trying to get acting work. Give me that stereotype once in a while. How about that? Why is it got to be, oh, my God, that's a guy in a dress. I bet he gives a bargain basement BJ. <laughs> yeah, why can't it be, oh, my God, that's a guy in a dress. Oh, I hope he gets his kids back. <laughs> I've always been a bit of an outsider, though, a bit of a weirdo my whole life. Like, uh, I remember when I was a kid uh, in, like, junior high, when I was still a boy, uh, people, like, okay, I didn't know what the word jizz meant. I'm just going to put that out there. Uh, I, I had done it, but I didn't know what we were calling it as a group. And the first, <laughs> first time I heard the word jizz was on an album by a comedy icon by the name of Adam Sandler. And uh, on the album, there's a character who brags about jizzing in the popcorn. And I thought it meant piss. It made sense in my head. I'm like, oh, jizz, whiz, piss. I get rhyme schemes. I get smart comedy. <laughs> So I hear on this album, somebody jizzed in the popcorn. I think, oh my God, somebody peed in the popcorn. What a hilarious prank. Not realizing it was a much more hilarious prank. It required a lot more setup. So cut to me on a school bus when I say to the kid next to me, hey man, I hope we get there soon because I've really got to take a jizz. 
Yeah, then that happened. <laughs> Laughter from the back of the bus where I was sitting, all the way to the front of the bus, and then back to me again before I realized this word does not mean what I think it means. And I had that moment of like self-awareness where I'm like, I've got to own this. I've got to be on top of this. I've got to make it like I'm in on the jokes. Silverman's got jokes, haha. Otherwise, I'm the jizz guy till prom. But the problem is, in that time span, I never figured out what the word jizz meant. So somebody yelled from the front of the bus, hey, Silverman, did you jizz yet? And I responded, not yet, but I'm working on it. <laughs> Thank you guys very much. I'm Mike Silverman. I'm guy. Thank you. Uh, right, that was a great set. Thank you. Yeah, you were awesome. Appreciate it. So, were you doing stand-up before? I know this about yeah. you. You were doing stand-up before you started wearing. For nine years, yeah, yeah. I mean, not when before I started first. wearing, but before I openly started publicly. Okay, yeah, well, before was, you were as, when so I was a kid. Yeah, you were yeah. wearing ever since you were a kid, but yeah, then yeah. like publicly wearing. So then, how long ago did you start wearing skirts and doing stand-up? Uh, on stage, I've been wearing skirts about four years now. And I mean, you deal with it so. Well, like, I think that, like, oh, the, the way that you deal with it, um, and I don't mean, like, it's, like, something you need to deal with. I just yeah, mean, yeah. as a comic, yeah, you yeah. actually address it in a really nice way. Oh, thank you. Um, it's taken a while, but I feel like I'm getting there. Oh, yeah. well, I was just going to ask, like, does it feel good now? Like, do you feel yeah. like when you come on stage, you're able to, because you're right, you, like, start right at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can't. I have I mean, to, yeah, know, yeah. It's like the... Like, I've had other comics try to tell me, like, you should just not acknowledge it and just go right into your act. I'm like... I've never done that kind of comedy where I go on and do some absurd thing and then be like, yeah, I'm not going to acknowledge it. Like, and I feel like if I did that, everybody waits for me to talk about it like it's a bit that I'm doing. So for me, it's like I have to just, I better just get it out of the way. And a couple lines that I did up front tonight, I will sometimes will just do those lines. Like I'll do the, I'm just transgender and I'm, you know, that, like I don't want to drive my kids and I'll yeah. stop there and I can go into anything else. Yeah. But yeah. I actually know exactly what you mean. I mean, I do think that now we're not dealing with exactly as much uh mm -hmm. i feel like you you have enough i'll say that, that when you walk out people still uh, don't know you still yeah, have to when yeah, i yeah. when i walk out on stage i do feel the same thing that you're talking about which is just yeah. like well for me i feel like if i don't say that i'm gay in my act yeah i feel like one thing that i wonder about is like if people can stop being distracted by asking themselves the question exactly yeah yeah so then if i just say like i'm gay then they're, then they're with me. Yeah, yeah. So then, it, then I don't have to worry about it because, like, yeah, the that. only thing that you like, I think your biggest enemy as a comic is just whenever somebody's thinking. Mm -hmm. Like, really, you want them to just be like kind Focus of receiving yeah, and, yeah, exactly. and like, um, yeah. So I mean, I, I totally get what you're saying. I don't yeah, think yeah. I. I mean, maybe there'll be some point when you're like Eddie. Eddie Izzard, Eddie yeah, Izzard yeah. doesn't like hero, doesn't yeah. like walk out on stage and. Yeah, but even he. I mean, he's, he doesn't even dress up that much anymore on stage right. I think because he wants to focus on other material yeah. but even like after he had done several specials and everyone knew mm -hmm. who he was he still had to do bits about how he was dressed at right. some point in the set yeah. so I guess what I mean is I don't know that he necessarily yeah, I think, and I think now, had to had to walk out and do it the first thing but I think yeah. you're right like while you're on your way up and I, and I think you're doing an awesome job with oh, this thank so, you. Like, appreciate that thanks for being here and Thanks for having me. Excited to do this. Is it scary at all? Do you ever worry that people are not going to be it's, on board? It, yeah, it's part of the thing. Like I said, I did comedy for nine years before I came out about it, and now I do worry about, like, because I also, I, I was out for about nine months, and then I moved out here, and so that also kind of ended a lot of my road work because I moved out to Los Angeles, and now I don't know what it's going to be like if I ever try to go back on the road again, like, unless I already have a following of some sort, like, via television mm. or via the ravenous fans that put your hands together who are going to demand me. Absolutely, every, <laughs> 
<laughs> but like, yeah, it's like I, so I, I always wonder about how that's going to go. But I've done some gigs in like Orange County and stuff with like blue collar people. I feel like, yeah. like as long as I go out and I'm just confident about it, and I'm just like, yeah, here's what I'm doing, and I'm just going to talk about it and move on. Then usually the crowds are pretty good. But. Guys, rise to open one more time for Rye. Oh, that's his first time on the show. He killed it. Yeah. And actually, this next comic, we got two first-timers tonight, which is super fun. Uh, this next gentleman runs a great show here in uh, Los Angeles called Power Violence. And you can see him on stage right now. Also, let's hear it for Whitmer Thomas, guys. Give it up for Whit. All right. Give it up for Cameron, everybody, and yourselves. And Rye. Rye. Um... Here's my impression of a terrible comedian. Uh, <laughs> wow, Ryan, kind of a lot of personal stuff. <laughs> um, hello, hi, hello, hi. I, uh, I'm from Alabama, from, uh, you know, Alabama. I like being from down there. You know, a lot of people have trouble with it, but I like being from down there. Uh, I don't know. Uh, recently, I was listening to NPR. They were talking about uh, Obamacare, and I realized why I like being from Alabama because they were they were interviewing a bunch of conservative senators about why they didn't like it, and they they talked to the first guy and they go, "Why do you like Obamacare?" And he goes, "I just think it's an unachievable goal, and I don't think we should be chasing after something that is unachievable." Like, okay, yeah, all right. Then they get to the next conservative senator why he doesn't like Obamacare. He says. Uh, because I think it's our nation's first step towards becoming a socialist nation, and I don't support that. All right. Yeah. And then they get to a southern conservative senator, and this is why I like being from the South. His response on why he doesn't like Obamacare is, because uh, I just think it's the dumbest thing I ever heard in my life. <laughs> yeah, and that's why I like being from the South, man, because maybe I don't agree with what you're saying, but fuck, I like how you're saying it. <laughs> I was visiting home recently. I have a nephew. He just started kindergarten. He's five years old. He's kind of, I don't know. I just don't relate to him. <laughs> Same as Reed. Same as fucking Reed. Anyway, Reed was, <laughs> he comes home from school. He's kind of intense. I'm like, hey, Reed, how's kindergarten? How, how's school today? And Reed goes, school is bad. I go, well, why was school bad? And he goes, Someone cried. <laughs> oh, God, Reed. Who cried? And he goes, Reed cried. <laughs> Why did Reed cry? And he goes, Because Matthew called Reed a booty pants. <laughs> and things will never be the same. <laughs> well, Reed, you're kind of a weirdo. It's going to get a lot worse than that. <laughs> Uh, I work right now with a lot of lesbians. A lot of my, just all my coworkers are all lesbians. And there's this, also this guy named Hunter Cummings. He's the fucking worst. He's from San Diego, and God, ugh. the best thing to ever come out of San Diego is Blink-182, in my opinion. Anyway, he comes into the back, I walk into the back lobby, and he's saying this to all my lesbian coworkers. And I imagine this to be, like, the worst thing to hear. One of the worst things to hear as a, as a, as a, like a gay person, just in general. 
Uh, he was going like this. And he sounds like this, too. I'm sorry. I got to do the voice because this is what he sounds like. And I'm sorry. He's going like this. Nawful. Nawful. Nah, homie. I fucking wish I was gay, dude. <laughs> I fucking wish I was gay, dude. Because if I was fucking gay, dude, me and my fucking boyfriend could hang out all fucking Monday long and watch the fucking football game together, dude. <laughs> That's the kind of shit I'd be doing if I was fucking gay, dude. Just me and my fucking boyfriend just fucking playing Call of Duty together, dude. That's what's fucking up, dude. Just me and my fucking boyfriend just fucking, I don't know, we used to be fucking boys, then grew to be fucking guys, and then I fucking fell in love with that motherfucker. I'm fucking taking that motherfucker out to the trampoline, dude, talking about how my dad didn't fucking look at me enough and shit, dude. That's what I'd do if I was fucking gay, dude. It's like, I don't think he wish you were gay, man. I think he wish you had a friend. <laughs> Those are all friend things. Um, okay, recently, uh, not recently, a while, I'm from Alabama. We get devastated by hurricanes where I'm from. I'm playing a place in Alabama called Pleasure Island on the Gulf of Mexico. <laughs> That's just real. I, I, people started laughing when I said it, and now I laugh every time I say it. It's real. It's beautiful. Anyway, we get devastated by hurricanes, and sometimes you get fun hurricane treasure. One time I got the entire Rite Aid sign in my front yard. <laughs> but uh, another time I discovered this VHS tape called Strong Kids, Safe Kids. <laughs> Maybe some, I don't know. It's, it's a thing from the 80s, and it's... Uh, it's teaching kids how not to get raped in the 80s. It's taught by a bunch of adults, six adults, and Henry Winkler as the Fonz. <laughs> a weird late 80s acid-washed Fonz. And uh, my favorite technique that they have developed for children not to get raped in the late 80s is something called <laughs> the honk noise. And uh, <laughs> basically, their logic is, hey, when you're out there in the park having fun with all your best friends, kids, don't scream if something bad happens to you. If there's a man, threatening-looking man coming towards you, do not scream. Your parents will not listen to that. They will not hear it if you scream. They're used to hearing you scream because you're out there with your friends going, woo, oh, my God, there's toxic waste, lava, you know, whatever kid stuff. Don't scream. Instead, do this noise. And this is the noise that they expect little children to do when they are threatened by a man. It was the 80s, so only men, you know. I don't know. I'm, that was stupid. I shouldn't say that. Uh, this is what they expect children to do. This is the noise. A man's coming towards them. They're not going to scream. Instead, they want them to do this noise. This is not an exaggeration. This is it. Here it goes. And then there's a montage of six different grown adults and the Fonz going... They want children to do that noise. Children can't make that noise. They have little tiny vocal cords. If anything, they're just going to go, no! They don't want them to do this. Oh, my God, mother! Help me! There's a man coming towards me, mom! Oh, no! He's grabbing me by the Oshkosh's, mom! Oh, God! There ain't no candy in this van, mom! They want them to do this. So that's weird and funny. But what's even weirder and funnier, and what I really liked as a kid, 
was uh, at the very end, Henry Winkler as the Fonz. He's shining up his bike. He gets off of his bike. Credits are about to roll. Steps off of his bike. Walks towards the camera. And he goes, Hey, uh, so kids, follow all of these rules and you'll become a strong kid, safe kid. Or else I'll run over my... Fuck. I fucked it up. Anyway, let's try this again. Act like I didn't say it. They'll cut it up. All right. Hey, uh... So kids, follow all of these rules and you'll become a strong kid, safe kid. Or else I'll run over your knees with my bike. <laughs> Credits. <laughs> Nightmare forever. I'm typically pretty smooth. That kind of thing doesn't happen to me a lot. But uh, thank you all very much. Give it up for Cameron everybody else. Thank you all. I was at a music festival this summer here in Los Angeles. I was at FYF Fest. Has anybody heard of it? It's like a very hip, it's a very hip music festival. And uh, I was performing at it, so I got to have like a, a lanyard that would get me backstage to watch some of the acts from the stage, like the coolest way to watch a band where you're like, on stage with the band. That's where the performers watched. I've never felt more awesome in my life. Uh, until I turned around and realized that Henry Winkler was also... What? Rhea, do you remember who we were watching? Beach House. Beach House. <laughs> Listen, I'm not hip about music at all, and I did not know who that band was. Uh, but apparently Henry Winkler did. <laughs> Which is a weird person to see at a really hip outdoor concert. I will say, like, the weird, like, Coachella type of a vibe. Like, a, like an almost, like, an urban... I can't even explain. Guys, he was wearing a Hawaiian shirt. Uh, and the, uh, one thing I just want to bring up to you, uh, hip kids at concerts will ask Henry Winkler to take photographs with them. Because 150 kids were waiting, like, 22-year-olds were waiting in line to take a picture with the Fonz. That guy was outmoded. He was 40 years older than everybody. It was tough. Is that your ringtone? Or music? Somebody was... Oh, is it in the... No, somebody was playing music. I'm not crazy. I've been juicing, but music just happened! Oh, you bunch of liars. Who put you up to this? Was it juice? <laughs> or what if it was just meat? If like the meat industry was like, get in there, play weird, weird low music. She's juicing. We want to make her feel uncomfortable. Okay, this could not be going better. I'm going to talk to just one of you guys. Uh, just to prove that I have any sort of skills to myself. How are you doing? We talked earlier, kind of for a second. What was your day like? You went to In and Out before you came here. Are you from here or are you visiting? I live here now. You live here now? Because that's like a very visiting. Oh, you're visiting. She's visiting. Yeah, see, that's what I'm saying. It's like the place you go where you're like, you won't even believe the menu is a secret. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you get? Do you know what you got? Did you order it? Or was, did you order on menu? They ordered it. 
They ordered it. What did you what did you get for her? See what I'm saying? Double double protein style with onions. That's just a hamburger. <laughs> but do you see how he made you feel? T- no, I know exactly. Don't tell him. He's like, Mom, I live here. <laughs> I know how to order burgers here. Okay, <laughs> kind of a professional. Um, that's amazing. How long are you in town? I know that they talked to you earlier. You're from Virginia. Is that you? Yeah. You go back tomorrow. How's it been? Has it been a good trip? Oh, Were you out here for Thanksgiving? Ah, terrific. Did you guys make food? No. No, forget it. Wait, did you make food? No. Did you guys have food? (laughs) Yeah? How did, where did you get it? uh, Oh, you went to, oh, amazing. Okay, excellent. And how long have you guys been together? We've been together five years. Five years. Are you married to each other? Hey, congratulations. Let's hear it for those folks. Yeah. That's amazing. And are the in-laws the worst? No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> they're the best. That's awesome. So how is this? How do you often spend holidays together as like a whole big extended family? No. No. First, was it the first time? Yeah. No. No. I'm just. Kidding. They used to come. They used to live in Boston. They used to live in Boston. Got it. So then this is like a special thing because now that you're out here, the folks are here, and you can fly your mom in from. Virginia, everybody can be all together. God, that gives me so much hope. I'm so stoked for you guys. Seriously, no, because uh, because for Thanksgiving we had, we saw my fiance's family and then we saw my family and they're they're not in the same city and that was exhausting. And so what I would love to do is just own a house. What'd you say? Own, own a house in the middle. Yeah, in the middle between Akron, Ohio, and Chicago. <laughs> Sounds like we're buying in Indianapolis. Uh, no, they're gonna have to come here. I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, those places are great, but they should come here. Well, uh, thank you so much for being here tonight on your last night in the city. Let's hear it one more time for our traveler. You guys are a bunch of sweethearts. And hey, uh, this next gentleman, speaking of sweethearts, hilarious dude, and also just like what a gem. Just a real huggable, funny guy. And uh, you're going to love him. Let's hear it from Matt Engelbretson, guys. Give it up for Matt. Thanks. Keep it going for Cameron. Booking a super diverse lineup tonight. That's what I love about Cameron. She books, gives a chance to the underdogs, a bunch of tall, white, privileged males. It's like, this town is being taken over by lesbian biker comics, and it's time for us to have a chance. Uh, Halfway through the week, guys. Everyone excited about Friday, huh? Everyone Bad news, though, guys. A few days after Friday, it's going to be Monday. Huh? Fucking Monday. Good news, though, guys. A few days after Monday, it's going to be next Friday. Huh? Who's excited about next Friday? Bad news, though, guys. We're all going to die someday. But guys, good news. Once we're dead, no more Mondays, huh? No more Mondays. I had a tough day today. I uh, texted this girl that I like earlier, asked her out, and she did not respond, and it has been six hours. What do you guys think is the appropriate amount of time to wait before I kill myself and everyone I've ever loved? (laughs) 
Do you guys know that 98% of serial killers begin their killing spree after getting a text that just says K? <laughs> I got a text from a wrong number recently, and uh, the text message said, Hi, are you home? How was your flight? Any drama yet? And I didn't recognize the number, so I wrote back, Wait, who is this? And then she wrote, You forgot me already? It was at this point that I decided to exploit this person. <laughs> She wrote, you forgot me already? And I wrote, JK, I could never forget you. <laughs> and then she wrote, so it's not a one-night stand? <laughs> and then I wrote, I mean, I don't know what to do about my wife. <laughs> I don't have a wife. And then she wrote, this is real, by the way, she wrote, sexy, you could leave her for me. Sexy, you could leave her for me. And then I wrote... You're being a huge bitch right now. <laughs> um, went home for the holidays, got to see my family, got to see my family's dog, who I love. I'm a big fan of dogs. We got any dog heads in the house? <laughs> dogs are my favorite animal. Dogs are perpetually happy creatures. Although on average, dogs sleep 18 hours a day. I feel like if I only had to be awake six hours a day, I could put a smile on my face, too. You know what I mean? <laughs> Conversely, cats sleep the exact same amount are still bitches about everything. Cats behave as though you just woke them up, and they're like, don't talk to me until I've had my coffee. And then they just never drink their coffee. They're assholes. <laughs> I grew up in southeast Texas and uh, in the suburbs, and it's a very passive-aggressive area. And we had a neighbor who let his dog shit in my family's yard just all the time, just let, it, let him shit there. And instead of confronting him about this, what my dad would do is he's got it, he would go out at night with a shovel and pick up the shit and put it back in my neighbor's yard. <laughs> and my dad did this a few times a week for years. He did this for years until eventually the dog died, and then my dad kind of lost purpose in his life. Right? <laughs> like he shaved his mustache that he had for 20 years and started working out a lot. You know what I mean? Like midlife crisis. My dad's almost 60 and he's stronger than me still. And at this point, I'm never going to be stronger than him because he's developing old man strength. You know what I mean? When your bones stiffen up and you summon the demons of Vietnam to just fucking... Like... My first, uh, my first uh, job, or quote-unquote job out here, was an internship with this manager, and we worked out of his house. It was just me, this kind of asshole manager, and his assistant, and his dog who was named Bob Dylan. He had a dog named Bob Dylan. By the way, this is true. If he ever hears this, I'm, well, whatever. Um, bo d d a dog named Bob Dylan. And one day the manager was out at uh, meetings, and Bob Dylan got out in West Hollywood, got out of this house, and was running around, or we didn't know where he was. So the assistant was like, I'm going to go look in neighboring houses. You get in your car, drive around, and try to find him. So I got in my car. I rolled down the window, and then I started cruising around West Hollywood. Just Bob! Bob Dylan! Bob Dylan, come! <laughs> That's the end of that story. I feel like that should be more climactic, but that's what it is right now. Shut the fuck up! <laughs> My uh, family's dog is 13, though. Abu. His name is Abu, and he's 13 years old. And uh, he's close to death. I mean, he's, he's towards the end. It's very sad. But don't feel bad for me, because he's going to die, and then I'll be sad. 
but then time will pass and then I will die and then I will no longer be sad. So, you know, things are okay for me. I don't know. I, uh... Any of you guys ever just, um, just look up at the stars at night and just think about how insignificant, how truly unimportant everybody else but you is? <laughs> Whenever I'm in a, uh, in a tough moral situation, I have a tough decision ahead of me, it always f- kind of feels like I have an angel on one shoulder and a devil on the other, you know, but I mean, I don't. That's just a figment of my imagination. In reality, it's just two dead birds I duct tape to myself. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I'm gonna do an impression and then I'm gonna get out of here. So here's the impression. I'm gonna do it first and then I'm gonna tell you what the impression is. Here's the impression. Uh, We don't do Bolivia or India. It's an impression of doctors with some borders. Thanks, everybody. Guys, Matt Engelbretson. More time for Matt. Hey, I want to take a moment right now. Uh, we have one comic left, but before we welcome him to the stage, I just want to bring out Rhea Butcher right now. She's going to come out here and join me for a moment. Let's hear it for Rhea. Double denim tonight. You guys don't get that all the time. This is at least triple denim. Yeah, it's triple. Quad City's a denim over here. Jeans uh, and triplicate. Yeah, you know, we're nailing Dream it. Triplehorn. Anyway. Gene Triplehorn is here. That's the last comic. No. Uh, <laughs> we, well, we have an exciting announcement. Yeah, we... Which is why you're on stage right now. Exactly. Uh, so one cool... So here's the thing. We are taking a little break for Christmas. Yes. Um, or whatever, December holiday or non-holiday. Like a juicing holiday. If you're juicing, you can't make it to the show. We're taking a break. Uh, we're taking a break. So, so last, so next week is our uh, last show for December. So, guys who are here, folks who are here, thanks for being here. If you want to come back next week, that'd be awesome. See come you then. Back. People that are listening to the podcast, that's right. The show comes out as a podcast. If you're listening to that, hey, get over here. You got next week. <laughs> We've got tonight. Who needs tomorrow and next week? <laughs> Why don't you stay? Uh, but also. We come back January seventh. Yes, and with a bang, we do come back with a bang uh, and a and a and a buck. What I don't know. I don't. Uh, why do we come back uh, with a bang on January seventh? Because it is our one year anniversary show. As a show, it's our one year anniversary for one whole year. Which I don't know if you know. That's three hundred and sixty five days. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, right, but I don't know if we. Yeah, oh, we've done 365 shows. Yeah, yeah, we do a show every day. Most of the shows are at our house. But then every Tuesday we come here. Yeah, which is nice of us. Um, but yeah, it's our one-year anniversary as a show. How's the first year been for you? Oh, you know, ups, downs. Uh, what, what would you say your ups have been? Or just one, if you had one up. Oh, I think, which by the way would be a free life. <laughs> Nothing on that? Come on. Wow, you guys. Come on. Uh, what's your one up? Um, I think raccoon feather. Yes, actually, you who know what? cares? That's so funny. I would go with leaf. leaf? I'd go with leaf on that one. Is it a leaf? <laughs> Wait, it is the raccoon. Wait a minute, that's oh, a you know leaf. What? I thought it was a leaf. You guys, is that a feather or a leaf? 
Oh, divided. Wow, split evenly. Holy. You know what, though? Now that I think about it, it why would it be a feather that turns but into again, a raccoon? Why would it be a leaf that turns into a <laughs> raccoon? Well, like, raccoons are outside. <laughs> Where leaves are. Where there are leaves. Where'd you go to school? Akron, Ohio. I know. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, so... Um, <laughs> Do you have any highlights for the year? Um, or children? I, Do you have any highlights for children? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Goofus and Gallant? I have plenty of highlights for children. Yeah. So. Circle the thing that's different. Find them all. I always go to the tree first because it has a lot of It's detail. always back yeah, there. Yeah, it's always in the tree. You're going to find a raccoon in there and a feather. So uh, what would you say has been your best part of the year? It's just waiting for the joke on no, that No, there's no um, I think that, uh, let's see, uh, I think Mr. Bob Odenkirk stopping by. Having quite, Bob Odenkirk come by a bunch. Yeah, we had a, he was our regular this year. Let's hear from Bob Odenkirk. Bob Odenkirk. That was wonderful that he came by all the, all the time. What about your ups? Yeah, um, I think uh, I, loved when, uh, I loved when Sarah Silverman was on the show. That was a big deal for me. Sarah I love Silver. Sarah Silverman. I Heard of that gal? Yeah. I love when Sarah Silverman is on the show. Um, and I always and I always love uh, Maria Bamford when she when Absolutely. she's in town. And I also uh, laying I, down. On I the would stage. really say uh, newer comics that I was less familiar with before yeah. doing the show. Love Ron Funches. He's great and a, and a true testament to jokes. What? And Katie Crown is amazing. Yeah, Katie Crown. Love love Katie Crown. Um, and if you like, so some of these comics that we're even mentioning now, we've yeah. got a special surprise. So on January seventh, we come back. We're doing our one year anniversary show. We are taking two spots. We will be here at for the eight. And the 9.30 show. And we're also uh, going to be broadcasting this directly to your computers. So you can donate a little what extra money. What is this money. time we live in? You can donate a little extra money. Uh, and the money goes to uh, an LGBT uh, charity for uh, homeless teens. Homeless teens. That are uh, LGBT and so therefore uh, need a little extra help because uh, maybe, maybe stuff's tough. So we're going to watch tough stuff. comedy from home. If you listen to the podcast... You can tune in through your uh, computer screens, computer TVs. And if you're here physically, you'll just see these people. So don't bring your laptop. That would be stupid. Yeah. It's really bright. But we're going to give you more info, and there'll be uh, info on the, our, our Twitter handle and my Twitter handle, and yep. there'll be info on the Facebook page and stuff like that. And then we'll also mention this again next week. But isn't that exciting in advance? Big super show. Ten comics. We already know most of the bookings, and they're amazing. I'm so excited about it. Uh, and hey, one more time for Rhea Butcher. Thanks, One you guys. year. Thank you so much. Of excellent work on the show. Our final comic for tonight has been on the show before. He crushed it. We love him so much. Let's hear it right now from Mr. Ryan Singer, guys. Give it up for Ryan. Cameron, I went a year, a year. Hi, my name is Ryan. Um, it is my desire as a stand-up comedian to connect with you as an audience. Um, I don't know how many people I've genuinely connected with in my entire life. Maybe four. I'm 37. I made it halfway. Uh, and one of those was an umbilical cord, so <laughs> we're going to try to connect. The key to connection is vulnerability. I heard that in a TED Talk, so I fucking believed it. <laughs> if you put it in a TED Talk, I'll believe it. It doesn't matter what you say. I'll believe it. I got blind faith in TED. I stopped believing in God about eight years ago. I filled that hole with TED Talks. Every Sunday morning, I wake up around 11.30, watch an hour of TED, going with my day, feel good about myself. You know? 
If you don't know what TED is, it's an uh, acronym that stands for Technology, Entertainment, and Design, where supposed experts will give talks on a wide range of things you'd never need to fucking know in your entire life, <laughs> and I'm addicted to them. Uh, they look like the smartest people in the world. That's why I believe them. It's the behavior of a dumb person to believe something you think a smart person says, and that's why I do it, because I'm a dummy. Uh, I just love TED Talks. These people, they look so smart. Like, if you're a dude with glasses and a beard, khaki pants, plain bulky sneakers, and a button-down tucked into those slacks with no belt, I'll believe whatever the fuck you said. <laughs> Who's got time for belts? She's busy reading. <laughs> There's got to be some kind of vetting process to give a TED Talk, right? You can't just walk in off the street and give a TED Talk. Like, I don't know, there's got to be some kind of educational obstacle course. Like, oh, you think you're smart enough to give a TED Talk? <laughs> you think you're smart enough to give a TED Talk? Step into the intellectual octagon. I want you to go to all the surrounding area Cracker Barrel restaurants and find those wooden triangles with the golf tees in them. And if you can solve those down to two tees, not one, we're not an asshole. Four out of 17 times, maybe you can give a TED Talk. Do you know and can explain the difference between a malt and a milk? Shake. Maybe you can give a TED talk. <laughs> can you get out of Chinese handcuffs all by your goddamn self? Come and give a TED talk. Do you know why she couldn't fall in love with me? Maybe you can give a TED talk. <laughs> it's okay, some jokes end sad because life can be sad. <laughs> Doesn't mean it's not good to be alive. I'd rather be sad and alive than dead. Best time in the history of the world to be alive is right now. There's people in space. Shit. <laughs> About five years ago, I decided to live my life a certain way. I wanted to get more out of life. I didn't want to live my life regretting the things I never did. So I decided that I'm going to regret the things I did do. <laughs> and that's a flawed life plan. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't want to be on my deathbed thinking to myself, Oh, I wish I could have, would have. I wish I should have, could have. I'm going to be on my deathbed thinking to myself, oh, I never should have. <laughs> never should have done that shit twice. I'm a scared man. Uh, I'm scared that I just started tucking in my shirt about a week ago and I feel like everyone can see my balls. Uh, vulnerability. Fear keeps me alive, you know what I mean? I like to take risks every once in a while. Not big-time risks, like minimal risks. I go hiking by myself in the mountains. You're not supposed to do that because it can be dangerous. I didn't really believe it until about six months ago. The scariest thing ever happened to me. I'm on a fire access road and on a mountain. I come around the bend all by myself, and I see just sitting in the middle of the path, chilling, relaxing, all by its lonesome, was a bobcat. And my soul took a shit. <laughs> That's when you know you're scared when you poop your metaphysical pants. And it had this look in its eye like, what are you going to do about it, right? So I scurry home and I call a friend of mine. He's kind of a mountain big man. I go, dude, scariest moment of my life. I saw a bobcat on the mountain today. He goes, oh, one of those little things? You can shake it off your leg like a dog. Oh, shake a wild beast from the mountain off your leg like a chihuahua trying to get its rocks off on your shin? I don't think so, friend. I called another friend of mine up. I was like, dude, I saw a bobcat on the mountain today. It had this look in its eye like, what are you going to do about it? And he goes, oh, yeah, my house cat's got that same look. <laughs> oh, your house cat's got the same look in its eye that a bobcat does? I don't think so, buddy. Let me tell you the difference in cat when it comes to house and bob, okay? <laughs> 
house right now is chilling on a windowsill, looking to catch a lazy nap. Maybe he's seeking out the hot pipe underneath the hardwood floor. Bob is off the grid, see? Don't call him Robert. Hasn't seen his family in years. No time for two syllables when you're surviving on the mountain. You had house neutered when he was eight months old because you didn't want him making strays or spraying sweaters when he was older. Try to get a knife near Bob's potato sack and see what happens to you. You better come equipped with Zeus's lightning bolt and some leather working tools. That sack's been tanning in the sun for years. Durable, pliable like a catcher's mitt in Cooperstown. You feed house salmon out of a can that you buy for it. Then you put it into a porcelain dish, and when it's finished eating, it makes its waste in a box with scented rocks. Oh. Bob catches a bird mid-flight in his claws. He eats that bird alive and then shits a spinal cord. He's got blood under his nails and a story to tell. House right now is high on catnip playing the new Grand Theft Auto. Bob's writing a manifesto about the redistribution of wealth by candlelight with a piece of a twitching bird in his beard. So do they have the same look in their eyes? I declare they do not, my friend. The gentleman from southern Ohio says nay. Nay, nay, they do not have that same look in their eye. So what are you going to do about it? Well, Bob, if I can call you that, I'm going to gently back down this mountain, a.k.a. your living room. As quick as I can, but don't be too upset if I'm not too fast, because about eight years ago, I made love on a pool table. My knees have been fucked up ever since. But not you, Bob. You've been banging it out on jagged granite every day of your life. And you're still flea to paw. Good on you, Bob. So, Bob, I'm going to take my bulky pool table fucking knees down this mountain and go to the department store so I can buy some new underpants. That's what I'm going to do. You guys have been a lot of fun. Thanks for coming out. Ryan Singer, one more time for Ryan Singer. And, hey, keep it going for everybody you saw tonight. That is our show. We are Put Your Hands Together. We're here every Tuesday night. Please stick around and see Andy Kindler record his album. He's amazing. I'm Cameron Esposito. Take care of a great rest of your night. Put your hands together. 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 Get ready to laugh with your hands together. Put your hands together. Get ready to clap with your hands together. Put your hands together. Hey, 
Hey, this is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season three has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, season three is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Eight nights. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Uh, yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. <laughs> Oh, Jesus! I mean, Jazos! <laughs> ruler of the Eighth Circle! And that's just the beginning. Season 3 of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.